All right, the first question we ask everybody is, when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? <laughs> Tough. I didn't play till like up to my third year consistently. I think the person that got me when I first got some good minutes, I probably said it was Al. Big Al. Jefferson? Al, Al Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. He was it was the still one hand. Yeah, he was still out here in the game. He was still hitting us with that one <laughs> hand and you feel me, he won't jumping over over nobody, but you feel me? I don't know, it's just him and Zebo, some of that that one hand pop fake, man. You, Gotta go for it. Nah, that and he get bucked. Yeah, he definitely was a man. Tell me about it, bro. You ain't dunking on nobody. Ain't playing above the rim, but ain't nothing you can do to stop. That boy was a big body too, boy. Live and direct, live on location from quarantine season. We got my main man pulling up to us from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. The main monster, monster, monster treads from the L.A. Clippers. All energy. Y'all know how he bringing it. This is my man. He about to show you how he got it out the mud. Appreciate you pulling up on us, big dog. For sure. For sure. Thank y'all for having me, man. For sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let's get it. You grew up in North Carolina. What high school you went to? I went to North Edgecombe, 1A public school. I went there for probably like three years. And then my senior year, I transferred and went to Hargrave Military Academy for a uh, postgraduate year. Yeah, that's why, that's why I meant to say the military school. You, you transferred yep. went to the military school. How was that for you? I mean, it was a process. It's definitely something that I needed, though. I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, basically a man's decision between me and my pops, just looking at what we wanted to do as far as basketball and how we wanted to approach the game, man. Where I wanted to take my game, we just felt like that was the better opportunity. You know, I was going to Virginia Tech. We also had guys that was also there prior to the year of me coming. That was going to Virginia Tech. I think we had three guys that was on the Hargrave team that was uh, going to Virginia Tech next year. So, you know, and then the competition that they played, we only played the top JUCO colleges and prep schools. Mm. So, you know, you can't beat that. I remember that school yeah. from out of my class. Corleone Young went to that school in 98, and he went straight out of high school from Hargrave. Right. Yeah. Right, it's a lot of guys there, man. It's like a whole list of guys. There's like Maurice Spates, Mike Scott, D. Bosch went there, Lorenzo Brown, uh, Taylor Hill so. went there. It's a list of guys that went there, man. That you want to know, David West went there. Um, mm. That's crazy. A, a list of guys, man. Crazy. Like you have to like actually go to the school and like see the guys who actually played under that program to actually just be like, wow, I didn't know he went there. He went All there. coached by the same coach. Nah, it's okay. So they had a couple of different coaches. See, I was coached by this guy named A.W. Hamilton. Before he was a coach, it was a coach that I ended up playing for in college. That's the head coach of NC State now, um, Kevin Keats. So it's been under a numerous different coaches now, but they always had a great basketball coach. Could it have been anybody else outside of Louisville that you could have went to? School-wise, yeah, because my recruitment process was crazy, man. I actually signed my letter in Tech, played for Virginia Tech. And the senior year of me being in school playing, the head coach of Virginia Tech got fired. So I just had to sit down, talk with the guys that was going to be the head coach and the coaching staff and just kind of told them, like, I know I kind of signed my letter intent to come here. I know I decided to play for y'all, but, you know, it was under the coaching of Coach Greenberg. And, you know, I don't really know how you're going to use me in your system or what you see me doing as a player, but you know, I, I don't know if I want to just, you know, use my first year of, you know, testing the waters. And, you know, we, we're in the ACC. That's, that's a powerhouse school to – 
you know, come in as a freshman and, you know, whole revamp, basically, like, I wasn't prepared for that. So when I opened back up my letter of recruitment, after that was, you know, nice enough to give it back to me because, you know, some kids, you know, once you sign that letter, it's over right. for you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having that sit down and talk to him as a man, I think was the, the best part. And I think they respected that, you know, and they gave my letter of intent back. And for me playing with my year in uh, prep school, I had great numbers and, you know, I played in front of some big time colleges and when I opened back up my letter recruitment i had probably like 15 to 20 schools mm, you chose louisville but yeah because i mean it was a team that just made a final four run um a, a system i could see myself playing in the way they played getting up and down pressing and you know just non-stop activity and that's how i kind of played the game so i kind of felt like you know that's where i can go and kind of see myself kind of earning some minutes to play especially with the team that they had how was it for you when you first got there how different was it from previously being in north carolina and being in virginia at hargrove how was louisville and then being at that level like you said with that great of a team how was it for you to fit in i mean honestly i didn't have to do much really as i said i went to a team that was already establishing guys who already knew how coach we wanted his system ran so basically i just had to go in and just play the game of basketball the way I normally play it. And that's as hard as I can, man. They made it very easy for me. And I think why me being able to, you know, leaving home as early as I did as a senior and spending, you know, basically my senior year on a all-boys military school where, you know, you're on a strict military protocol with the clean cut and getting up early in the morning, the uniform, it uh, basically prepared me for, you know, basically just being out on your own. You know, so I think all them, you know, steps along the way really just prepared me for it. That kind of helped you, like, every level you done been on. Yeah, for sure. It helped you every level, like, because you're like a late bloomer. Like, you can play, but it's like a coach got to figure out what's the best thing for you. Because every time you play, you always bring energy and you always do what you do. You could have been doing this if a coach would have believed in you, but now a coach is believing in you. Now you're really doing your thing. And it's like, I've been doing this since since college. <laughs> Where do you think you got that motor from? Because I think that's the first thing that jumps off the page when anybody watches you play is, like he said, the energy, but the motor. You know, you hear coaches and different people use that term about players. Like he got a high, high motor. Like when, as soon as you check in the game, it's like the whole game turn up. It's like y'all come in the game with you, Lou. It's almost a whole nother lineup that could be starting, but y'all come right. off the bench and y'all, y'all oftentimes – you and your energy can single-handedly come in. Like, were you playing like that same way, just reckless and hard in, in high school and ever since you can remember? Or where did you get that from? Definitely ever since I started playing the game, you know, competitive level. So it really started playing in AAU when I was like 14, 15, really. You know, because being that young, I just wanted to figure it out. But I played extremely hard, man. That was always something that I did. Basically, just being around this era, man, of North Carolina, uh, being raised around here, man, I play basketball all the time with older cousins and stuff like that, man. So it's not one of those things where, you know, just because you come out of the house and you're young, it's like, you like, hey, let me get a shot. Like, now you got to work for it. You feel me? And then if you don't make that shot count, you got to work right. for it again to get it, man. I just, I'm being brought up around that era where, you know, it's never anything given to me from jump, man. You got to work and get it. And that's something that's always been instilled for me through my parents, through my grandparents, man, through my family in general so you know just going up around this area and just seeing the stuff that you see and you know definitely you don't supposed to see man just hmm. you know i always know that i wanted to do something better than man just work to be better than the things that i see you know that's supposed to be the norm around this area i just didn't look back man when it came to 
playing a sport and I actually fell in love with the game of basketball, man. I just took it and just flourished and then just kept working on it every possibility I had, man. Every time somebody was playing, no matter where it was at, dirt courts, asphalt, no matter where the run was going, we had an open gym, you know, I'm there, man, because it's just being around the game, man, I just fell in love with it. What made you leave? Like, you played three years and you decided to go pro. Like, they say you was going to get drafted high or you thought uh, you were going to get drafted high? Honestly, I thought I was going to leave after my sophomore year, honestly, man. I had a pretty okay freshman year. We won one national championship, came back my sophomore year, had a real solid year, and was starting by the end of the season, putting up solid numbers, close to a double-double. And, you know, I felt like with the draft and the people that was going in, I felt like I could have definitely positioned myself to, you know, be able to go into the draft and, you know, get picked up around somewhere that mid the late first round my second year. But, it's some things I felt like I wanted to work on. I wanted to get better at doing. I definitely wanted to add some more craft to my low post game and just being able to finish down there and also get stronger. But, you know, my third year and my junior year of college, I started shooting three, you know. So that was something that I was working on, adding to my game, and it was something that coach actually, you know, had faith in me, you know, because some guys, when they come back after summer, you know, it's like time to get back to the regular routine and stuff that you was always doing. But I came back adding things to my game and coach let me first and then, you know, work at it. And I was able to extend my game and was shooting the ball from the three-point line in college, man. So as far as college go, man, I did everything that you could do as far as a college athlete, man. I won a national championship. I won almost every conference I played in itself for the last one, which was the ACC. You know, I won Biggies. I won the American Athletic Conference, man. I Individual awards. I was blessed to be able to win the Carl Malone Award, man. So I had done everything as far as a college player could do, man. That last year was just more so about a growing process as far as myself. And then once I hit that point and the season was over, I just felt like it was time to go. I had nothing left there to do, really. How many teams you worked out for when you, when you came out in the draft? Like, you worked out for a bunch of teams? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I had I think I think had eight to nine workouts. <laughs> yeah, how many? Eight to nine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a lot. I was everywhere. Boston, I worked out for Phoenix, Utah, I worked out for Dallas. Did you work out for Houston? No. How was that whole process for you? Because I'm like you too. When I came out, it was a wide range of as far as where I could go and where people, it was like I could go this high or I could go this low. So it'd be widespread. You might work out from teams from, from eight or nine all the way to, 29.30 or something like that. How did you come out of that experience? I just embraced all of it, really. You know, just enjoyed each, you know, opportunity that I had to go. But uh, when it came down to the basketball aspect, I was killing everybody out there. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what it was, man. Like, what drill we was doing, bro. Like, I'm killing everybody. I'm telling you, like, I don't care who was matched up for me. Like, I was just drawing them. I don't care what game we played, two-on-two, one-on-one, whatever it was. But I just said when it came time to get on the court for basketball. You're going there, folks. In that aspect, nobody has no chance. It's over for you. You feel me? Like the shooting aspect, the drill they put you through, that is what it is, man. Because I already had it in my mindset, bro. Like whatever team you go to coming into this league, you're not going to be that guy. Like all these shots that you're shooting in these drills and stuff like that, they just want to see, like, what's your form. And if right. you can shoot it, you feel me? Like if someone's going to, they're going to have to work on it. When it's time to play, that's where you feel me like you're going to see who I am, man. Because the drills and stuff like that, yeah, it's just to see like what's your form and what you kind of can do. It's not really like, okay, we're going to have him in this action. He's going to be doing this. Like, no, because they got the guys that's already on that team. You feel me? Unless you just going to an extremely bad team. Right. You feel me? So it's like, 
every coach is going to be talking about, yo, this kid goes hard, plays, like, competes, that gets after it. Like, that's what I wanted to leave at every workout. Did you have any workouts that, like, stand out to you as far as, like, the dudes that was up in there and it was just, like, a super competitive workout? I ain't gonna lie, we had to stop one workout I was in. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, me and another dude almost got into it. We were about to fight. The repetition that he had coming out of college was him being known as one of those guys that, you know, pull these guys, you know, tough. You know, you can't really, you know, get through them or, you know, he's just one of those tough guys, you know, you can't really compete with them, man. The OG that I, you know, going behind, I see him, he says that Randolph, he said, you know, bully, get bully where I'm from. So you had to show me that, you feel me? So when we got into it on that workout, it got really intense. And, you know, the, the coaching staff of that team saw the way it was going. They literally just ended the workout. Like, we literally just started doing measurements and stuff like that. <laughs> hey, D, do you remember the workout we had here in Orlando? One of the sickest workouts ever. It was D. Miles, DeMar Johnson, me, Mike Miller, Mike Miller. Keon, who was the other guard? It was another guy. We were playing three on three. Bro, we were playing three on threes. And I'm talking about this was one of the – I even talked to John Gabriel, who was the general manager then, when I came back and played for the Magic and worked for the Magic. We talked about that one day, and he was like, that was one of the right. all-time sickest workouts. Like, bro, you talking about getting at it? Because that was like one of the few – workouts of our draft our agents didn't hide everybody because like it was a lot of that going on like oh no nah, you can't work out against this but like we all for whatever reason ended up in that joint and it was cracking <laughs> i'm talking about it was bump boy oh. going down already know that was like one of the sickest workouts i could remember that was real like like that nobody got close to blows or nothing but just on a competition level it was sick yeah, for sure, for sure. You get drafted to Houston, and to me, you don't really play too much different. Yeah, you're a better player IQ-wise, but you don't play too much different than, to me, what you always and always been brought to the table. You know what I'm saying? In Houston, did you feel like you posed to have been playing early? Like they posed to have been playing you instead of um, you going through the road that you had to go through? Times I did. Times I definitely did because – it was just being weird sitting over there in our huddles, man, and just hearing Coach saying, like, you know, we're not playing with enough energy or we're not playing as hard as you can, man. And you got this pit bull chained like, up. I'm just like, uh, I mean, I can help you out, man. I mean, you need to help. I mean, but <laughs> I'm sitting here watching, man. And it's just like it's frustrating because it was teams that we should have beat or we came in taken lightly, and then now it's the game, and then, you know, they may sneak and win. And then, you know, we go back in the locker room and, you know, listen to the coach, and he's just like, you know, we lost this game because of effort and, you know, lack of, of competitiveness. I'm just like, I, I, mean, I guess I, you know, <laughs> I guess I shower up, you know, get ready for the next one. <laughs> I, I'm not going to really do, man. That's why I just, I spend a lot of my time, man, asking to go play in the G-League, man. Like, my whole first year and a half, man, I used to ask the coaching staff, the scouts, Keith, and all them guys, like, hey, man, can I go to the D-League, bro? Like, I mean, it's cool being a part of the team and, you know, traveling around with these guys, you know, James, Dwight, all these guys, I and mean, it's cool, but, you know, I, I want to play, man. Like, just sitting here. I don't No, that's, that's, 
that's I mean, that's interesting, yeah, bro. That's, that's, that's cool. interesting, and I I could appreciate right. hearing you say that because you know I, I I'm set in that position as a as part of the front office and watch guys not want to go to the G League no matter what whether they was gonna go get minutes or right. not just because they got they look at it bad and it's for to see you at that age you know at that point asking for it knowing that like oh yeah this is all cool but I really want to play I want to get my opportunity to hoop and show y'all what I could do and clearly ain't happening here so. Let me go rock. Like, I salute that, bro, because a lot of, you know, young dudes don't do that. Everybody look at it a kind of different right. way. And, you know, some people, even when they get assigned or told to go down there, they don't want to go, even though it's going to be, you know, it could be good right. for them. So to see you had that type of outlook on it, that's dope. Mindset. I had good vets around me, man. And one of the best vets I could say that I definitely had around me was Trevor Reason, man. Shout out, Cuddy uh, Cubs. One of my best. Yeah, for sure. And one of my best friends coming into the game, man, was uh, KJ McDaniels. He was a guy that was young around that, that time, and he had got brought over from Philly and he was with Houston. Uh, you know, and it was pretty tough for him as well because he couldn't really get on the floor because all the guards we had there. You know, Jane, Eric Gordon, Trevor Reason was there. We had Marcus Thornton there, man. We had a bunch of older guys, man, that was just, you know, basically had that seniority over him that it was tough for him to get on the floor as well, man. But you know, we always kind of positioned ourselves and kind of kept in our mindset, man, where we had this thing where we said, you stay ready, you never got to get ready. So that's what we kind of lived every day by, man. We would go in, me and him, get extra shots up, work out against each other, play one-on-one. And, you know, when I was asking to go down to the G League, you know, I basically tell him, like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm about to ask you to go to the G League, bro. Like, you know, what, what you trying to do? You trying to go down there? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to see what we can do. And I said, our team went down there together, man. It was fun because we went down there with guys that basically had already been around during training camp, but now they're down there and it's like their team, but they welcomed us with open arms, man. And we just, when we came down there, it was a lot more fun. You see those guys embrace us, man. We just got out there and played ball. Yeah, yeah. I think your last year in Houston, I think they went to the playoff. I think y'all played Golden State. I forgot. I can't think of who they played in front of you, like after Capella, you know, getting foul trouble or so forth on. They played you one time for a couple of minutes, and you had some energy, and then they didn't play you no more. And it was a veteran player that they was playing. And I was say it was Nene. 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 And I was so pissed that they didn't put you in for energy because, like, nothing against Nene. Nene just ain't the same Nene. Right. He was right. older than That he was, yeah, and I feel like he was a better fit for that series to even play against them. Right. to play defense and run the floor and so forth. So I was kind of pissed that they didn't even play you. And then you get traded to the Clippers. Right. And it's like, all right, Chris Paul gone, and they get rid of Blake Griffin. Right. And it's like this new opportunity. Like, how was that and how you was thinking about that? In general, I, can't, I had that same mindset coming into it, man, from the beginning start of the trade, man, even before Blake had left, man. I just knew it was an opportunity that I could be able to position myself to play because we only had, you know, when I first went over there, two premier bigs, and they started, you know, DeAndre and Blake Griffin, you feel me? So after that, I'm looking like, man, it's, it's like, you know, no disrespect for nobody else on our team, but I'm like, man, I can play here, bro. Like, there's nobody else to back up these guys, man. So I just came in with the mindset of I'm going to work, I'm going to compete, I'm going to show coach. All the little things that we need done that I do, taking charges, blocking shots, hustle plays, loose balls, stuff like that, diving into the crowd. That's that's all the things I do in my game because it's winning basketball, man. It's just what I'm accustomed to, you know, got it instilled in me, playing the game the right way, man. It always comes back to you. 
you know, I just wanted to go in and basically just position myself to show them that, you know, I'm looking and willing to do anything to position myself to play and help this team be better. So that's the whole mindset that I went into it with. And the way that I play the game of basketball and the way I am about the game of basketball, man, I always work, man. In the summer, I don't, you know, take vacations, man. I literally go a week to two weeks without touching the ball, just being around my family and my kids. And then after that, I'm right back at it with Rico, get my workouts in Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So I go and, you know, the things that we work on in our game, I'm putting them in the in-game form. I play in the Drew, I play in Dykeman, Dennis, ABL in Atlanta. Yo. Um, yeah, I literally non-stop play. Like, I literally play a game in Dykeman on Saturday, fly out Saturday night to L.A. and play in the Drew on Sunday. Hmm. Next weekend, I play in the A on Saturday. I fly from the A and go to maybe the Drew or, you know, Vegas or something like that and play in that league. Like, I literally don't stop playing because I just want to work on my craft and be around the game that I'm, you know, blessed to be able to call my job, man. Like, so against the best competition. Right. How, right. how was it for you when you got to L.A.? Now you, you know what I'm saying, you get to meet Doc and you know all of the team and now you carving out your own little space, your own identity out there. And, like, you yeah. see how when you check in a game, it's like a announcement at a starting lineup. You get an ovation, you know what I'm saying? They know what it is. You got your own little crowd. They love what you do and appreciate what you do. How did that feel, well, when you, you know, once you finally got to that point? Not to say you accomplished everything you want, but, like, once you started to get a little bit of that respect, how did that feel for you? But, I mean, honestly, it's a blessing Tremendously because, you know, the whole way I carry myself and working and, and getting out there, man, I still look at myself as an underdog to this day, man. It's something that I, you know, even went and branched out and, you know, turned into a line off the court. But it's just about going out here on the floor and, you know, once I walk out to do my pregame ritual or warming up and stuff like that and then come back off the court to signing fans and listening to them, you know, talking the things they say, man. It's amazing and it's heartwarming, man, for somebody and the people to actually see the work that I put into the game and for them to actually value it and actually cherish it and how I play, man. Like, every time I come off the court from pregame and stuff like that, man, I get so much fan interactions between families, kids, older people, man. And it's just, it's amazing to me, man. It's really a blessing, man. Like, I got fans that sit literally right beside us on the bench, man, that you know, a big time fans of mine, man. I, I literally shake their hand every game that, you know, we're right there because they literally sit right in right. our hands, man. They're amazing people, man. So just being able to be around that and have somebody actually embrace me and love what I bring to the court and love what I do, man. It's, it's amazing, man, because at the end of the day, it's something that I love doing. Man. When did you feel when Doc started believing in what you do? And then he started encouraging you more to do you. I'll probably say it was that second year on the team. My first year was kind of one of those things where, like I said, I was just playing hard, trying to, you know, get them to see, you know, I could do these things here and there, whether it was like an action and then broke down. Okay, now I got the ball in the post, you know, scoring the ball here and there, catching it in the pocket when I pick and roll actions and making plays. You know, that was just like a test run. But then he seen me come back in the summer because we get together as a team and run pickups in our practice facility. And he seen me come back in the summer and shit. Now I'm getting the ball out the rim, pushing <laughs> yeah. it, coast to coast, laying the ball up. Now I'm getting the ball out the rim, pushing it, breaking the dude down right from the top of the key. Oh, mid-range, like, you know, now he's seeing everything that I'm still adding to my jumper. So now he's like, okay, now we're going to throw it to him a little bit on the post. You know, see him 
see what we can do, see what we can get, you know, if this really like, you know, summer thing or we can incorporate this into our offense, you know, and kind of went from there. And then when he seen like the consistency of like, oh yeah, he's throwing it down there. Okay, like nah, he's actually scoring the ball. This ain't no like one or two time thing that, you know, maybe it happened. Like, nah, we can actually use this. Where I'm at now, it's, it's, it's just done took off from there, man. And like I said, I'm just able to be on the court and be with, also, and a teammate that I all, I'm always around in the summer with playing down in Atlanta. We know heavy for playing down there. Um, we're always on team together with me and Lou. So being able to be in that mix and working out with Lou, man, just like I said, it's always about adding stuff to my game, man. I try to pull something for everybody in this NBA game, man. I just watch it and just take little pieces, take little pieces and put my own spin on it. Man, bro, I remember it like had to be a couple summers back, like you said, maybe one or two summers ago when I, cause I watch a lot of, you know, I, I know Rico, we all know Rico and be following this little, right. his, what he do out there with UCLA. And I remember seeing some of the highlights and the runs and I'm looking like, Trez Harrell out here crossing people uh, over, hitting little 16 yeah, footers, uh, like yeah, showing yeah. skill, hitting floaters, doing finishes, like ball, like skill work. And I was like, uh, all right, I was kind of, you know, you kind of look at it then when he, then when the season come and you start doing some of the stuff, I'm like, I'm working on the show and I be at the house watching. I'm like, my homeboy, I remember him, he like, man, he, he can't, he can't, he ain't got all that. I say, bruh. He, young boy been doing a lot of work this summer. I'm not sure like how yeah. real this is yet because it was early yet, but I was like, I didn't yeah. see right. him. I didn't saw you catch the big fella on the baseline and hit him with the D-Miles right to left and go bang that thing two hands. Yeah. And just I say, I yes, said, I seen it. He's done this before. That ain't yeah. no fluke. Like he could do that. So then it was like you started doing it on a regular. I'm like, he working and he getting better. And I'm right. like, I love when right. I see that dudes that you could see they work and see their improvement when, when they go out there and play. Like, I love that. That's a huge salute to you, bro. Confident. Sure, sure. Much appreciation, man. Like I said, being around Rico, man, his basketball imagination, man, is very wide, man. He's never really limited to one thing. And he's been around this game for a while. Been around, you know, vets and guys like you all, you know. Played um, it too. BD, man. Guys like that, man, who've been around this game. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know how to score the basketball, man. So he's always, you know, working, man. Rico, when I work out with him, man, we were going at 6 in the morning, man. And we'll go for literally like an hour and 15, man. But we're getting after it. And everything that we're creating in that hour and 15, man, all in-game stuff, all in-game settings, where I catch the ball at. What we're doing in our actions, pick and rolls, handoffs, step ups, like all that stuff is stuff we're doing in an end game situation. But I'm doing it, you know, versus him. I'm not just doing it versus like a chair or, right. or something yeah, that's live you know, not body. moving. I'm doing it versus Rico. I'm doing it versus, you know, guys he has in the rebound. Like, yeah, man, because it's, it's about the imagination, it's about the creativity in this game, man, because at the end of the day, the basketball scores and, you know, that's what it's about, man. But, you know, when you can add all these different things in your game, it's not anything that, you know, nobody else hasn't done. It's now that you just add your own spin to it, man. And where I work at and where Rico had me doing these drills at, man, are all in post quarters of where I'm going to catch the ball. Right in that little mid-post area, catching it in the pocket, off the pick and roll, man, all things that I'm accustomed to doing, man. But at the same time, I'm working on things that are going to make me a better basketball player. That's why you see me. And those highlights, I'm shooting threes, I'm ball handling it, I'm getting the pick and roll, where I'm handling the ball in the pick and roll, making plays, man, because it's about being a complete basketball player, not just being good at something that you do for a team. It's about you being the best ba uh, basketball player that you can be, and that's what I love the most about Rico. He's not just positioning you to be a worker for a team or organization. No, he's positioning you to be the best 
basketball player that Montrez Harrell can be. And that's what I love the most about it. Straight up. With the Clippers, y'all was a team that they ridden y'all off because y'all so-called traded y'all best players in Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. And y'all, y'all made some noise. Then made the playoffs. You get these blockbuster signs and right. Kawhi and, and a trade for PG. After y'all done had a season like y'all done had when people like ridden y'all off. Not only are y'all was already in mode to come back and do your thing, but now right. y'all got some help. And, you know what I'm saying? And they traded Tobias that year, who was a big yeah. piece. And they still went right. on like they thought they was dead in the water. And they still, I remember Doc coming in with the champagne right. saying, here you go yeah. for the haters. And how, what was that like? Yeah, Man, honestly, it was fun, man, because we was out there with all guys that, just love to come in and compete and work, man. Just play the game, man. We didn't have nobody that was known as basically like that guy, I guess you can say. Because, you know, all the names that you listen, man, they're known as, you know, those guys. CP, that guy. Blake, you known as being that guy. DJ, everybody knows him. Tobias is known as a well, uh, you know, name in the basketball world, especially the NBA and where we are. We lost a lot of our bench pieces, man. Boban, he left in that trade. You know, we just had... Guys that was ready to come work, man, and that's what we went out and did, man. And it was just so crazy and so funny because nobody could really name one person who was that guy on our team, you know. But we knew who we were, you know. We knew what guys did what. We knew Lou was going to score the basketball no matter what, you know. When he came in the game, when his name was called, Lou was going to score the basketball. We knew what Pat was going to bring every night. We had Shay, a young guy who was still in the game, but also, you know, Shay's a very gifted guard, man, like. He's very gifted to be as young as he is. So we had him. Then we had got uh, Shamit in the trade. Over, that was so big. He's young guy. Right. He's another young guy, plays extremely hard and shoots the right side of the ball. So we have him. Then you get your Michael, who's another guy, basically just like me, except he's shooting the three at our position. And he plays the four five. So another guy who's tough, brings it, competes, gets after it. And, you know, basically, like I said, we just had guys that came and bought into the system of what Doc wanted from us, man. You know, come compete every night. We're going to go out here and play the way that we play. And if we go out here and we get beat doing that, hey, just tip your hats on. Ain't nothing we can do about it. But nine times out of ten, we're probably going to be the ones that wins the game because of how hard we compete and the way that we play and what we can do. But nine times out of ten, guys don't really know. Our guy that we looked at on that team was Gallo. Right. (laughs) Gallo was our guy on that team. Like, nine times out of ten, when he came down and hit a big-time shot, bro, we was post-ISO and Gallo, right. you know? But at the same time, we got other guys on the floor who are threats that you can't come off of. Lou is on the floor. You can't come off him. Sham is on the floor. You can't come off him. He shoots the ball. You put Pat in the corner, Pat shoots the ball at the highest tip or at any guard at, like, 45 50% from, you know, that mid to corner three. So, it's tough. I mean, even if you try to make that rotation off him, now we just swing, swing, and now we're playing around. But, man, then that Golden State series, man, like, the names. Everybody got hyped up with the names, man. They got, oh, they're going against Steph Curry, KD, Clay. They have no chance. You feel me? And, hey, <laughs> talent-wise on paper, hey, maybe they say we didn't. But, I mean, you came in thinking that basically we didn't get paid to do the same thing that you get paid to do. And that's play the game of basketball. And they, they took us lightly and, you know, went out as – yeah, we just gonna be a cakewalk, right. man. We might just start preparing for Houston or whoever we play the next round, and we surprised them and took them all the way to a, a five to six game series, which they wasn't prepared to do. They was looking to walk over us and be done in in four. 
Yeah, nah, y'all did that. Yeah. Fast forward to this year and right now, with everything you guys had accomplished and as well as y'all was playing, you had you guys had just started to get healthy and you know, obviously it was coming down to the finish line and things was heating up with the recent games right before the pause of the season and stuff. How did you feel right. about y- y'all team this year and, and the chances and the opportunity y'all got to win a championship? I felt extremely great, man. I felt extremely great by the opportunity, by the chances. You know, I feel like my team is still ready to go. Guys are still working, man. We talk every day, group text messaging, and everybody's just checking in on one another, man. But just even the conversation in those chats, man, guys are still working, still got that competitive spirit. Guys still want to get out here and just, you know, play the game of basketball, man. Like, this is not normal for us, man. This is like, you know, we don't really know what to do with this much free time, man. Like, <laughs> we're, we're not really accustomed to having it, man. Yeah, we have a lot of free time. But it's from a schedule, something that we're accustomed to, like, okay, yeah, we got to do this, this, this. Okay, then we're done for the day. Now we got free time. But now it's like we're waking up every day, and our whole day is just wide open. Like, what are we going to do with it, man? So Hey, but how good do it feel to know that y'all got an owner that's going to send y'all a Peloton bike, for a sure. treadmill, <laughs> a whole weight room, oh, and a silly. whole hoop set, and a <laughs> whole everything. I'm talking about early, though. Early in this in this situation. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. hey, bro, you looking at two Clippers that we ain't have showers in our first practice facility, bro. We used right. to practice at Southwest Juco. We used to have to yeah, get in our cars and to put towels in our nice cars right. and ride home, sweaty, no shirt, take a shower at home. And you yeah. out here getting the whole situation just Chip delivered team. on site. Yeah, <laughs> hey, it's true. That's true. It feels good, man, to have an owner, man, that's so invested in his team. And I think that's something that I definitely love a lot about Steve, man. He's a great guy, but at the same time, man, he has a lot of fire and a lot of passion behind him like I do, man. And just, I think that's why we do a great job of, you know, gelling every time we're around one another. I mean, he's always at our games, no matter home or away, especially me his schedule is almost like ours with travel, the way he comes right. out, man. He, he don't even live in the city, man. So for him to be at every home game we have, man, it just shows you that somebody who's committed to the team, you know, to his team, man. You know, that's something that you love seeing as a player because, you know, Steve don't spare no expense, man, when it comes to making the Clippers the best team that he can. I've been doing Zoom workouts with other teammates, and, like, we literally have the – Different dumbbell sets to change out. They just bought the bench over there. We got the little elliptical bike. I got a treadmill at the house, man. Like, all this stuff is set up in the backyard. I really have my own weight room set up in the backyard. And it's everything that they chauffeured over to our house, man, so we could just stay ready and be prepared for when we come back, man. He on the yard for real with it, with all for the sure, weights and stuff. Sure. The all yard. Stuff, I like right in the, All my stuff right in the backyard on the patio, bro. Like, I literally I go out there. Sweatpants, throw my hoodie on, man. And I just get out there with the strength coach, man. Get a real good outside sweat, man. Because it's not really the sweat or the workout we're accustomed to doing. Because we're in the gym so much, man. Getting out there, hooping one on one, and our metabolism is just always on the go. But now you're just shutting that off where we don't get that exercise. And it's like, ah, oh, man, like, yeah, this ain't the same. I ain't got that. I don't got that same feeling like I did if I had walking off the court. So I just try to make mine. And, Extremely hard as I can, man. Get out there, get outside, and just, you know, hey, soak up the sun. Just get out there. How hype has Michael Jordan last dance then got you to play basketball? Hype the hoop ain't the word. It's just like, hey, man, every time we finish watching one of the documentaries, I'll tell you, 
group chat with the team, man, you see guys just like test, hey, check ball, man. Come on, let's play, man. What are we doing? Like, man. what we got going on right now, man? Like, it's wild that you get that reaction from everyone, though, man. Like, I swear, like, watching that documentary, man, if you, if you don't play ball, you might just hit somebody up. Like, hey, man, trying to, come on, let's play football. <laughs> like, like, what you trying to do, bro? Like, it's wild, man. <laughs> What do you take away from Rod, man? Because, like, as far as energy and the way your motor is, y'all are a lot alike on the court. When you look at how he went about his business, what do you take away from him? Oh, I've been telling people I'm the modern-day Rod. For real. I'm the modern-day Rod. That's it. <laughs> That's an accurate comparison. Y'all yeah, boy motors is out of this world. For sure, man. Rod, man, man, just to watch this whole process in general, man. Like, even after the, the documentary, man, I got on Twitter and tweeted, bro, like, hey, man, we got to get robbed in a lot more crazy than what we did. <laughs> and, like, we got to get robbed in a lot more crazy than what he did, man. Like, my boy, like, he lived a life off the court, had the celebrity girl, and he went out there and was, like, you know, Robin tried it, you feel me? The yeah, cold, he, like, the <laughs> went out there, you feel me? Like, hey, I'm Robin, like, so what? I'm gonna try it, you feel me? Like, this is my girl way, so what? I'm gonna do it. But Man. at the same aspect, like, you had to accept that Robin because when it came time for him to put on that uniform Robin, Man. he gave you everything. Man, like, it was 18 some rebounds back to back years, bro. He like, had, man. He had multiple games where my man didn't score a point, but he had 20 plus rebounds. <laughs> That's tough. That's crazy. That's, tough. That's crazy. Don't put the ball. Like in the not one of them you ain't tip in. One of them you ain't just put back. One you giving them all away. <laughs> Somebody throw it on top. Dump the ball. Like nothing. But he grabbed the ball twenty times off the board. And grabbing and all like, of them. That's it. Bars. Everybody. Everybody. Like nah. Board. 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 Like <laughs> he grabbing the board, kicking people like. Legs out like, yo, it was wild. And this the part that I don't know if everybody really understand, though. Like, definitely in that 97, 98, and about a 96, 90s man in the middle and the pinnacle of that, right. Rodman was as big a figure, as noticeable as anybody. Like, sure. I, I'm not going to say he was big as Mike, but, like, bruh, he was right there. Mike was For up sure. here. He was, like, right there. Like, man, he was Rodman. Anything he did, anywhere he went, anywhere he showed up, it was bananas. Robin was out of here. At the time, like, even if you watch it, bro, like, when everything was going on with Pippen, it was Dennis Jordan. Like, <laughs> it was the duo. Like, he kind of, he said, he heard, he Pippen, said he was like, kind of salty what, when Scotty got back. Like, wait, what happened to us? Like, then he got lost. You feel me? And my boy just came to the office, like, hey, Phil, look. Like, <laughs> I'm looking at it like, hold on, okay? They in the midst of the, hold on, I could have sworn he, like, a couple of games to, Robin's like, shit, I need 48, Phil. How gangsta is Phil for letting it ride? Jordan like, I ain't going to never come Phil back. Phil let it ride. But it's so crazy, but Jordan came in there and kept it straight one. Like, look, hey, Phil, anybody need a vacation? It's me. What, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, if anybody need a vacation, it's me. What, what you want me to do here? Then on top of that, Phil asked Jordan, like, hey, Jordan, look, I give him 48. You think he can make that? Look. Get this motherfucker forty eight. You ain't gonna see him. <laughs> hey, Mike yeah, had to go so get him. He probably caught the jet to go get him. And it's so sick because he came into it with the brown Debo's on, the pajamas, the old throwback pajama pants. Like my boy came <laughs> said the Debo's. The Debo. <laughs> then Mike hopped on to feels like, yeah, I'm gonna address it. Mike like, hold on, you here? Come on, let's work. 
brought him into practice and everything that he had on, basically from landing the hotel, and was like, all right, forget it. Now let's play ball. You're not seeing nobody in the game do that. Not even come boys. And, like, when he came back, though, they told a story, like, you know, Phil was about to try and get him in shape. Oh, no. He outran everybody in the Indian drill. He kept <laughs> running when they couldn't catch him. Like, I ain't out of shape, though. I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> Jordan said, I was here. Like, look, y'all better jog. Came to him. My boy done sprinting around there. Like, you scared about like, hey, what's wrong with Rodman? Right, we got the pace going. <laughs> you been with everybody in the gym? Like, yeah. Mike said, we're going to walk. We're going to walk. Robin and sprinting out of there like, hey, no, nah, y'all gonna run. Y'all thought I was down. Now nah, I'm here. Hey, why y'all laughing at me? Thinking about come here throwing up or nothing? I'm ready. You feel me? He got other people throwing up because Jordan said we gonna walk. He got to sprint. <laughs> when you came up, who was the guys that you looked up to? Like, man, I want to be like them. I mean, in general, man, I just looked up to like. Guys who just worked, man, just competed, got after it, man. So I love that guy that was just known for having that that dog mentality, man. So I I watch guys. I mean, I seen your clips, uh, D Miles. I watch Zebo clips. I watch JJ Hitson clips. You know, just all guys that's known for you know just bringing that dog. And I watch Jeff Green all his early clips from you know the the surgery, the after the surgery, came back his story, man. Just guys who just you know, basically got out the mud, man. They're just working, just, you know, become the players that they are today, man. That, that's mm-hmm. what I look up to. I did this cover for Slam, and I thought this was one of the dopest covers ever. Then I see y'all remake the cover, and I feel like this, that's one of the most dopest covers ever, like right. how y'all did it. Like, it was an honor for me to do You know, like, you know, you be in this league and anybody asks you to give you a cover. I don't right. care. Who it is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want to do it. So to have one of so, popular magazine, how was that to like remake that old cover that they had? Man, I'm not going to lie to you, man. It was one of the biggest and most positive accomplishments that I ever felt doing as a player, man. Because these are magazines that around my area, you know, we used to get them in the mail. You know, Slam Magazine, East Bay Magazine, we used to get them in the mail. And then you feel like I would always cut out like, just the little posters and the sections of them from those magazines, man. So that's actually have them asking, you know, me and the guys that came over in that trade who were looked at as guys of, you know, starting this Clipper era from, you know, where we came from, transitioning over, man. It was a tremendous honor, man. And, you know, to be able to do it with the guys that I did it with and we look at y'all cover and we literally sat right in the locker room because they just wanted to do it to the point where, we was going to be standing how you guys was. We was like, nah, we ain't, we ain't doing it like that, man. Like, that, that cover was way too hard. Like, that's an iconic slam cover. So, we're going to do it to the point where it was before and after. You feel me? Like, then and now. You feel me? The, the mind there, mm-hmm. the Clippers, man. And, you know, we switched the jerseys how y'all did, man. I had the same color do-rag guys had, man. Like, right. we put our same skin on it, man. And, all thing about it is we did it how what everybody kind of sees the NBA and the era of basketball now. What guys, you know, when they get their jury, like, here and there, that's what we incorporate into it, man. Yeah, I, I nah, thought one was, of the dopest things was, you know, even though y'all just got Kawhi and y'all just got Paul George, but I thought it was just dope that they chose y'all three. Right. Like, it still gave me the vibe of what we had because, like, for us three to me, Elton and Lamar to be on that cover, we wasn't 
the premier players. Like it was like we were still the For like sure. young kids and the young guy, right. and we trying to prove ourselves. And like y'all was like them underdogs. So I was glad that they chose y'all three. And I just thought it was like man, one of the dopest cover. It did look like a, a old and new. And I thought it was dope. I was glad to see it revamp like that, man. Sure. For sure, man. That made even way more, man, just to hear it coming from you, man. Somebody who's actually a part of that cover. Yeah, man, that's what we wanted to go as. And I think that's what, you know, they kind of went with, but they also went with in the aspect of, like I said, like we was those guys who was still left from that Chris Paul trade, man. Like, you know, it was like four or five other guys who came over with us, man. But we're really, honestly, the last three guys still standing from that trade. And, you know, we're still here. We're still a part of the team. We're still, you know, making our noise with the team, man. And for us to be used in that iconic cover and the revamp of it, man, it's amazing because, like, we all know who our guys are on the team. Man. We know who Kawhi is, no PG is. That's just what it is. You know, they're not going to miss a beat as far as, you know, media and everybody being in their face. But for Slam to come to, you know, guys like me, Lou and Pat, and, you know, want to revamp a whole movement that was already in place from guys before us, man. It, it was just big, man. It was amazing. I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. For us, I mean, that's one of the biggest things, like, for us to be able to have this show, the knuckleheads, and, you know, we do our thing. And to have, you know, even from that magazine and to have the Clippers fans and the Clippers organization acknowledge us in that era as a part of the, you know, the Clippers history that kind of really started off Clipper Nation and got things going and one of a lot of people's favorite periods of times. And for us to get that type of love and then to have guys like you, you know what I'm saying, repping the knucklehead and, you know, we connecting on social media and stuff, man. For us, dog, we super humble. We appreciate you and appreciate all the love that we get from that, you know what I'm saying? Like, we get up here and that's why it was a must for us to have you on here because, you know what I'm saying, like, you from the culture. You like you said, we the before, you the after from some of the stuff that we influenced and mm-hmm. and now you doing your own thing and setting your own influence and you know, y'all setting your own trends and we just loving sitting here being able to watch it, being able to feel like we a part of it in some way, even from a distance and rep with y'all boys and we show love, man. It's dope. For sure, for sure. And then that's like I said, that's even big, like I had said, come uh, come from you keep rich and you know, you two D-Miles, man, because, you know, y'all guys are guys that I looked up to playing this game because y'all guys are guys that had to get it, man. Find your way, figure out what you do, fell in love with something that you love doing, man, and got out the mud to work to become, you know, D-Miles and Q-Rich, man. And once you got that nickname in this game, man, like, you you a known player. Like, you a known yeah. player. You look around and – you know, hit this game, man. Everybody, you still been addressed by your name that you called out on the intercom, man. Like, you still got some work to do, man. Like, around this league, man, everybody knows D-Miles. Everybody knows Q-Rich, man. And that's just footsteps that I want to follow in and be, man, just to have that recognition in this game and leave my own mark. I got both of y'all Clippers jerseys, man, that I wore D-Miles yours at the summer league this past summer. I was going to wear yours. I got a cold one for you, uh, Q-Rich. It's a bad one. Too, for real, it's so bad. When I think it's like the baby blue one. You yeah, might yeah, have the, yeah. I remember yeah. that. He got them nah. joints when I left. I was pissed, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Q Rich might still not got his. You feel me? But yeah, man, <laughs> just, you know, following suit, man. The guys who who did it and did it the right way, man. That that's just what it's about. Well, know this, bro. Like I know you ain't. You know your whole journey and story far, far from over, bro. But like legit. You a symbol, bro. You an example to any of the young kids out there that 
ain't hit they stride yet, just a late bloomer that, you know what I'm saying, that may not be as good as the next dude or whatever it is, you you walk in proof. Go hard. Yep. Keep going hard no matter what you being told. And look, it could work out. That's one of my favorite things that I love about you yes, and Pat Bev. Like, you know what I'm saying? And even Lou Will with the Underground King aspect. Yes, like, y'all representation it. So what if I don't make McDonald's? So what if I don't get recruited? So what if this don't happen? I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep sure. doing this till something happens. And y'all walking proof like, end of the day, it's a marathon, my dog. It ain't no sprint. It's a long, long race. It ain't about who winning right now. It's about who going to keep working and keep going and who going at that finish line. I'm going to be there with you now. Now, what's up? For sure. And y'all, y'all represent that to the fullest, bro. Like you said, get got it out the mud. <laughs> One hundred. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's all we know, man. And uh, you know, like I said, something I pride myself on, man. That's something even to you know the aspect of the day, man. I never look or am satisfied with where I am, you know, at that moment, man. I'm looking to just keep getting better, keep growing, both on and off the court, branding wise, and just you know, definitely on the court, keep building myself up as a player, keep continuing to grow my game, man, because I don't really think about the aspect as far as me. You know, I think about the aspect as far as my family, man. I want my kids to be in, you know, all the most amazing situations in the world that, you know, something that I didn't even get to see as a kid, man. So, you know, that that whole underdog and just going about the mentality aspect of it, man, I, I take that with me every day. It, it's not even about where I'm at or what's going on in the moment or, you know, how things are coming for me, success or unsuccess-wise, man. I look at every day as this ain't enough. You know, I, I want more. Yeah. The sneaker game. Like, when we came in, you know, we were blessed to be sponsored by yeah. Jordan. And I'll be seeing your sneaker game. You be changing shoes at halftime. Ignorant. Ignorant. Like, just nasty sneaker like, yeah. game. What made you start messing with the – because, like, you deep in the sneaker where you'll get a guy to kind of paint on your shoes and recreate a shoe. What made you get that deep into the sneaker game? Just a whole lot of graffiti and art that kind of is recreated. You know, I'm real big in the animations. I'm real big in the cartoon type things. And it's even more far-stretched now that I have kids and they're younger. But I'm always big in the animation, man. It's just something that I was accustomed to watching growing up as a kid. It stuck with me. And going around meeting these different artists and people who paint and you know work on shooting and stuff like that it first started out as paintings i got so many different paintings i'm about to move into my house that you know i just got my house so i'm about to hang them up and it's like i have people reconstruct an animation but it's from the scene of a movie so the paid in full scene with Mitch and all the boys taking the picture um, in the club. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. I had that picture recreated into a cartoon. So now it's like a cartoon from That's say, the fire. family recess and another animation. that They got that same pose. Like, I mess with art like that, man. So when I could get somebody who could get on my shoes and go and create a character from my childhood that I watched so much growing up and put it on my shoes, now I can incorporate not only the creation that they made on my shoe, and I can also, you know, instill it in what I'm doing. You know, I'm not paying any attention, you know, but they're getting the eyes on them from everybody in the crowd. People are watching the game, trying to figure out what I got on. And it's showing love to the people who also crafted and created this shoe, you know. So it's about building relationships, really, man. But shoes in general, man, I just been big into them going up and getting everything. As a kid, man, I got two younger brothers, man. So it wasn't just, you know, I got a big for like 
four or five pair of shoes. Like it was like two, and that's just what it was. I had to make mm-hmm. shape, you feel me? Because I had two younger brothers. Like they had to get it as well, man. So you know, coming up on the aspect of always seeing them, like man, like I want them Jays, like like yo, I want them Nikes. I want like you always wanted them, man. So. You know, when you hit that aspect of now, you know, getting a little bit of pocket change, you feel me? That's all my money was going towards. Shoes, shoes, shoes. I want these kids. I want these kids. You feel me? Because I, at the same time, I like dressing, man. I got my own fashion. I got my own style of what I like doing and what I feel is fashion, man. So, you know, I got a shoe that can match any outfit in the world, man. Like, I've been collecting since my freshman year of college. Mm. How was it for you to get a deal, though, to get your own shoe deal? I'm signed up now, man. It's crazy. Thing. How that, like, how I see you? How that feel? Up, man, long time coming, man. I'm in my my fifth, sixth year in the league, and you know, when I first came to the league, I was with Nike, but I did so much when it came to getting on court with the shoes. Like, I like hooping the Jays, I like hooping stuff, but Nike ain't flying with that. You feel me? If you with Nike, you gotta have on some type of Nike shoe. You know, if you wearing Jays, they gonna call they gonna call you, get your for <laughs> your rep, like, hey, like. You know, it's a warning, like, you feel me? Like, so, <laughs> really, I was using my Nike account for my family, man. Like I said, I got two young brothers right. who are in school. I was using it for them, man. Whenever they needed a pair of shoes or they seen that was coming out, man, I got on the Nike site, boom, ordered them for them, sent them to the house. Mom and them, like, they wanted shoes or, like, the little Nike track suits, sent them to the house. But it, it's definitely a process. It's definitely something different. I, I had to... <laughs> Break my mind down to it, like, yeah, man, I'm about to only be repping one brand of shoe because <laughs> you can see me in the first half, I had on a pair of J's, and then the second half, I had on a pair of Adidas, you know, James Harden's or something like that, man. So I'm happy to be with Reebok and, you know, the things that we have coming back for them. I can get into a whole creative process of, you know, coming up with my own colorways and stuff like that. And, you know, be able to do it with a shoe like the old Sean Kemp's, um, the the Shaq Gnosis and uh, definitely the questions and AIs collab. No, them AIs. You gotta have them, John. <laughs> yes, sir. Both the high tops, low tops, the fours, one of the zippers. Like, I told him, like, when I first saw him, I was like, look, man, if y'all can recreate the old Iversons, like, his whole line, like, literally, I hop on every color wave and just go crazy with color waves. Yeah. Bro, do you understand how sick and amazing that is, though? Like, you got your own shoe deal. You right. a 32nd pick, you know what I'm saying? You ain't get to play your first couple years. Like, and here you sit in year six with your own shoe about to come out, bro. Like, that's amazing. That's an example right Bless there for everybody out there looking. That's on a whole different that's level. Hard work, like, bro. It's some Hall of Famers and everything else that then came through and didn't get no shoe. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's amazing that you about to get your own shoe out there, bro. That's that's big things popping. Salute, for sure, bro. for sure. And I'm like I said, I'm glad to be with Reebok. I'm glad they could do it, man. But I, I got it from like just working, man. Just the, what I put onto the court, man. That's what I, I that's mean. What, that's yeah. what the court's gonna come into. And one person that you know is a living testament of it is Lou, man. Like. Lou Straight had up. his own shoe, like his legit own shoe with Pete. Like, name how many NBA superstar all NBA teams that Lou's been on. Right. That's what Yanking I'm saying. The bag from own shoe with Pete. Like, literally, like name and everything. But like, you can't beat that man. Logo and everything. Like, it's it's a blessing, brother. So Straight up. I just realized, you know, if you put the work in and, and the craft and better yourself and. You know, do the right things on the court, man, that the all the court will come, man. Like I said, and that's just testament to the best that I had around me, man. Hey, I want I know what I want to ask you, since you a power four, big man slash five. We play this game on here, start, bench, or cut, right? 
You got a right. start, bench, or cut one of each of these guys. You got the big ticket, KG, Kevin Garnett. Let's okay. go Chris Webber. And then let's go Rasheed Wallace. Start, bench, cut. Prime time, Rasheed Wallace? Yeah, all prime. Prime each one of them. All prime time. Prime each one of them. No injuries, no nothing. Them at their best. Each one of them at their best. I'm starting to take. I ain't gonna lie. Starting KG Monday through Sunday. <laughs> what he brings to the game, energy, like the whole atmosphere, talking and everything. Yeah, I love every bit of that. Yeah, watch everything about him. Yeah, starting ticket. I'm gonna bench. I'm a bench machine wise, and I'm a cut Chris Webber. That's why I didn't go with the traditional Tim Duncan or Malone or something. That's yeah. why I kind of, yeah. I knew that was gonna be I'm a, a little hard right there. She didn't see well. That's that's a tough yeah. call. Them was some. All three of them was like, but they all so right there. Yeah, I, yeah. Let me ask you this: you know, yeah. them San Andreas jerseys or some of the dopest jerseys in the league. You went to fashion. Who else jersey that you seen that they didn't kind of redid that you thought was like they was dope? Memphis, old Vancouver jersey. Fire. Mm. Uh Toronto's old throwback rappers jersey. With the wrapped on the dinosaur, yeah. Yep. Jamie Stoudemire time, oh. Mighty Mouse. Jamie Stoudemire. Them. Yep. Them. And you like that best style? The, the Gucci, the Gucci joints. It's it, it's cool, but if you don't know the era of what they're trying to hit on, it'll throw you off with that print. You know, I know like everybody's going for that iconic, you know, Biggie Coogee sort of vibe. But like, if you don't really know it, it's like it's kind of look like one of those look like one of those AU jerseys. Hey, that Miami mm -hmm. Vice hit hard though. That, Miami that broke the internet stuff. when yeah. they dropped yeah. them joints, and then they came back this year sure. with the alternate sure. colors, like. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, them are definitely tough. I forgot about those. For sure, my top two is definitely that Vancouver jersey and that uh that Speaking of that, man, we mm -hmm. got to holler at Denise them over there. We got to get us some San Andreas jerseys, Black. We got to get some of those with our stuff on it. Oh. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely got to holler at Denise on that. Yeah, Denise Tracy, they hook you up. Who you listening to before the game? I see you a lot of times uh, walking through the tunnel, walking in the game with the head girl. Who that go to that you listen to to go and get you ready to go out here to go to war? My play is wild. I ain't gonna lie. My play is wild. It, it's, it starts out throughout the day. Throughout the day, it's gonna flip just going through the music, just vibing, you feel me? Just catching away with whatever's coming on. You feel me? It may be like rap, R&B, you know, slow song coming on. But when I get to the point of, you know, about going to court, it's all stuff that's like, you bumping and jumping, like you ready to go, like, you can start a fight right now. Whoever won, it don't matter. Like, so I got going there. No, if you bug. That's going on throughout the house. That's throughout the day. That's throughout the day. That's because that's the night. You just all feel throughout this play. But coming into the game, I'm going to play. I'm going to probably have Migos going. I'm going to have NBA Youngboy going. I'm going to have 21 Savage going. Like, I'm having like everything that's going to get you to the mindset where like you feeling like, okay, yeah, it's time to go do me. No. So. <laughs> you feel me? Like, literally. So it's all that same music that, you know, you hear in the club, those different songs at the same time. 
if you don't really know these artists, I got a whole lot of sleeper songs from these artists too. You feel me? I definitely like vibe out with J. Cole like right before hitting the court, man, because you know that's where it, it comes down and then hits you with the lyricist part of you know painting the picture of you know what's going on in each set, and you know then by that time I'm locked in on the court. <laughs> I feel you for sure. At the same time, then we got DJ Dench. You know he yeah. he's spinning on the on the yeah, records. DJ. He be having it going too, so he got to do some. Some nip back on, so yeah. Now I'm right back into it. That's dope, man. Hey, man, we won't wrap it up, man. We ain't gonna take up all your time, bro. We could do this all day, but man, oh yeah, but for man, sure. we, I'm with yes, you. sir, man. We definitely appreciate you pulling up on us, man. We salute you, bro. All that you doing and and and, the, and the, your journey is is man. It's amazing to witness and see, and it's great to have you on here and really share some insight on it. But like I say, bro, I promise you. You definitely an inspiration and example to a lot of the kids out there, no matter college, high school, grade school, whatever. We all know everybody don't start off at the top and all of that different stuff. And you a representation of that perseverance and determination and what it takes to get there and like never giving up, no matter what people say or what people think or what it's supposed to look like. I'm going to go ahead and get it out the mud, like you said. And you can feel proud about that, bro. I'm inspired. You somebody I'm going to show my kids to and tell them, like, look, this how you go get it yourself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody gave him nothing, and he's still doing what he do. Big ups to you for that, bro. We appreciate you pulling up. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Live on location. For sure, for sure. Big honor, man. Like I said, for you guys having me on, man. Like I said, I watch all podcasts, man, and watch all, you know, get after it. Guys, come on and, and speak knowledge and just that whole journey, man. I watched you guys, the Bernie Jennings talk the other day, man. End up with DJ after uh, watching it, man. And it's just great what you guys done, what you guys bring, and what you guys still, you know, giving guys a platform to do uh, even to this day, man. And then just hear you say things like that, uh, you know, just the journey of how I came along and, you know, showing your kids that, man. It's just a tremendous, tremendous honor to hear. Glad I could continue to keep doing it, man. Like I said, I'm just, you know, thankful and honored that you guys, you know, have me on. theplayerstribute.com